0: Every season is spooky season in our book, so settle in and prepare to be Shut up. You are listening to Shook, a comedic podcast about all things paranormal and unexplained. I'm Santa. Hey y'all, I'm Amanda. And let's see, fun facts. Um... I don't have anything too crazy. I guess my only real fun fact as of late is that we started taking Bowie to puppy training classes and uh, I somehow haven't lost my marbles in the process. (laughs) He actually behaved. (laughs) So yeah, what is your fun fact this week? So my fun fact this
1: week, one of my fun facts that I'm willing to share is that for my birthday that passed, dear Amanda got me this book called the unidentified by colin dickey my favorite colin dickey is the author of ghostland one of my favorite books that really gets to the heart of a lot of hauntings in america this book covers mythical monsters alien encounters and our obsession with the unexplained and colin dickey once again has outdone himself Anyway, that's my fun fact. I got a new ghost book, and it's important.
0: Yay! (laughs) I'm so glad that you like the book, because I knew that Colin Dickey was your fave, Mm -hmm. but also, I know you're more of a ghost gal than an alien gal, so I was not sure if you would love it, and I'm glad that you do, because I just, I don't know, I feel like variety is the spice of life, so...
1: It is. And I think because I love his writing style and his thorough research, this was a really good entree for me into cryptids and aliens and things like that. And yeah, I love it. Thanks again. Anyways, what story had you shook
0: this week? So the story that had me shook this week is new mexico's haunted el rancho hotel and uh, its adjacent bunkhouse um uh, before i go any further uh, i just wanted to mention that my husband has walked in on me watching this ghost adventures episode multiple times i don't know i think it's a comfort episode for some reason but he has a running joke where he'll walk in and he'll be like el rancho you know what that's spanish for the rancho <laughs> like you're so silly <laughs> so dumb <laughs> But I, wa- I seriously watch this episode all the time, and I I don't know why I keep coming back to it. But in two ways. Um, so this forty thousand square foot hotel, built in nineteen thirty six, resides in Gallup, New Mexico, and is considered one of the spookiest locations in the state due to its dark history of trigger warning suicides and other troubling events. So, Zach Bagans and the Ghost Adventures crew visited this hotel overnight during the pandemic, and they had the whole place to themselves. And if I'm not mistaken, that was unprecedented at the time. Nobody had ever been granted access to stay and have the whole hotel to themselves. So, Zach refers to this hotel as the Shining Hotel of New Mexico. We haven't covered it yet, but we probably will one day. But in case you didn't know, The Shining is a book that was written by Stephen King, and it was primarily based off of the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado. Super spooky. As for the El Rancho, the sign out front of the El Rancho notes it as a National Historic Site, and it says, charm of yesterday and convenience of tomorrow. I'm like, okay, yes. so we're, we're going to be hashtag blessed with charm and convenience? Not so fast. I believe not. <laughs> I suppose you could say it's charming because in Gallup, where the hotel is located, it used to be a hot filming location for more than 100 Western films back in the day. Most of these films were filmed between the 1930s and 1960s, um, just a few of them. I've never heard of these films, but if you're into Westerns, maybe you can relate. Um, Rocky Mountain, Raton Pass, Fort Massacre... Four Faces West, and Colorado Territory. So those are just a few of the films that were filmed out that way. So that's about really the only good stuff that ever happened over there, I guess you could say. (laughs) Um, So I mentioned that this hotel has a history of suicide, but not only that, there was also talk of a murder that may have occurred here. There was a clip from the Gallup Independent newspaper in 1946. Um, It had an article titled, Bellhop Held and Death of Ben Harris. So needless to say, there's a lot of dark energy at this hotel. And so it's been pretty unsettling to some of the staff there. So unsettling that they've simply quit. They've said, I resign. Here's my pink slip. I'm not coming back. Don't call me. Um, They're out. They're out. (laughs) Um, So... On Ghost Adventures, Zach interviews this former employee named Callie, who is almost distraught when recounting what happened to her in the hotel. She's trying to explain what happened to her, and during the process, she just keeps getting choked up on every word. So to me, her fear seems pretty legitimate. Callie explains to Zach that one time she was at the hotel restaurant called The Crown Room with one of her coworkers. And the co-worker had left the dining room to go to the kitchen. And Callie said that when her co-worker walked away from her, she could feel an entity yank and pull her hair back. So this whole time, she's explaining the story. She keeps taking deep breaths, like on the verge of hyperventilating. And Zach stops her and he's like, yo, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm just really scared to talk about it. Uh, she's walking out into the parking lot after this incident to her car and she grabs her rosaries that are hanging over the rearview mirror. And she said that she grabbed the rosaries and just prayed because she was that terrified. She goes on to explain that she believes the entity that grabbed her hair and pulled it back can be seen on the surveillance footage of the dining room where the attack occurred. So I'm looking at the security footage and it's chilling. It's a black mass, seems to have a small head, kind of a larger body and limbs, the whole thing. It looks like a shadow figure, basically, but it's pretty large and spooky. There was another employee named Phil, and Zach grabs Phil to come with the crew, and he starts leading him down what they consider to be the scariest part of the hotel, the bunkhouse, which is adjacent to the hotel. This bunkhouse used to be used as living quarters for the filmmakers and the cast and crew when they were filming out there, and they also used it for employees so that they could have a place to go as well. This part of the property is what they suspect to be the origin of most of the dark energy. So Phil, he's taken them down this long hallway, and you can see that it's super dim and dilapidated, and there's graffiti on portions of the walls. And at one point, you see some graffiti that says 777 and has a cross above it. Phil tells Zach and the crew that behind that, there used to be a pentagram with 666 written underneath. Fun fact, I just thought I should know. Uh, I was curious when I saw the 777, so I looked up the angel number to see what it means. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of different explanations online, um, but one that sticks out to me came from womansday.com in an article called, Here's Why You Keep Seeing Seven Everywhere by Isolde Usagan. It says, 777 means your guardian angel is telling you to stay strong and continue moving forward on your journey even through changes and obstacles. So I thought that was pretty neat. Um, And I don't know if that would undo the 666 underneath, but more on that at 11. So back to their investigation. This whole time they're in the hallway, Phil, that former employee I was talking about, He's starting to look noticeably uncomfortable throughout the process and he's giving, I don't want to be here. So Zach decides to ask Phil if he can go into the back of this room with a voice recorder and start asking the spirit or spirits questions. (laughs) But Phil looks at Zach and he's like, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. And he hands the voice recorder back to Zach. And while this is happening, I'm thinking, damn, like, has anybody ever told Zach no before? And before I can even finish <laughs> that thought, <laughs> Zach's voiceover comes on and he's like, this is the first time in Ghost Adventures history where I've been denied an opportunity to have an experience <laughs> with someone who's been affected. His voiceover's. <laughs>
1: are always iconic he knows what he's doing too i feel like he plays into it he's it's funny he really does he really does (laughs) he
0: just leans in um yeah (laughs) so at this point we learn that in addition to the adjacent bunkhouse there's also tunnels underneath this hotel that may have been used during prohibition so they were sneaking all the alcohol and everything through these tunnels and of course (laughs) billy was asked to go down to the tunnels by himself to investigate as billy is starting to investigate down the tunnels zach goes on to elaborate about the murder that potentially happened on site and basically it was one bellhop versus another bellhop um and the victim got shot oh god eight times in the chest Ugh, I hate it. Um, the, there was a sales manager that was on camera briefly. Her name is Connie Brown. And she explains that the suicides that occurred were in room 108 and 214. Um, it's unclear the manner of suicide, but um, those are the rooms that were documented A current employee named Vaughn then meets with Zach at the entrance of room 221 and she explains that once she was asleep and was suddenly awoken at 6 a.m. and in front of the TV, there was a man just standing there. Vaughn said that he was an older white man dressed in a black jacket and he had slicked back hair. She was simply terrified. Of course. So it's pretty funny because... Zach starts making these silly jokes, and he asks Vaughn, he's like, is my humor stupid? And she's like, Mm. yeah, kind (laughs) of. Like, just, yeah, pretty much. Let him know. (laughs) And he says, pretty much, he's like, yeah, I use my silly, goofy humor when I start to feel uncomfortable. And we're like, same. Hard same over here. So then, Zach and the crew... They go on to begin their investigation, and Zach mentions that Vaughn had told him that there were allegedly childlike spirits laughing. So Zach asks Billy to take this big blue bouncy ball to try to entice the children to come out, the the child spirits. And so Billy goes to set that up, and they're all in the dining room where Callie had seen that shadow figure. And they're all walking around the whole dining room to see if there is any activity with their tribometer, which I guess is kind of like an EMF detector. The whole time it doesn't spike, it's just staying at a stagnant one. For a little while, they don't capture anything, but once they get to a certain point, everything spikes real high. The spike went from a stagnant one all the way up to 25. And then if the 25 wasn't enough for you, suddenly it spikes to 100, twice. So they're all kind of shook about that. They're like, what the hell? Zach kind of is off doing his own thing when this happens. And he jumps out of his seat to go take a look. And he's shocked. He's like, holy shit, this is really peaking right now. So then they go back to the bunkhouse, to the quote unquote satanic room, where they think there must have been some sort of ritual done there at some point. While they're there, Jay's camera starts malfunctioning and Aaron is physically uncomfortable. This whole time, Zach is monitoring all of the surveillance and, and he's convinced that on one of the cameras, he saw a shadow figure. They go to review the footage and yeah, I had to watch it a few times because my TV is kind of set up high on my wall and it was, you know, my eyes are shitty. So I get up real close and I pause it. And sure enough, you see this head peek out of a door frame doorframe in, in one of the hotel rooms. And I'm just like, what? Like, to me, that was maybe the reason I watched this episode so much is because of that scene. Because every time I watch it, I'm like, where is it? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, there it is. And it's pretty convincing <laughs> to me. So keep in mind, they have this whole place to themselves. They're alone. At this point, everybody's been kicked out except for them and the crew. They go back to the room where Billy had placed the bouncy ball. And he grabs some other balls. They put them on display in the room, hoping to capture some childlike ghost activity And Zach, he's holding his voice recorder and he asks the spirit to engage. And then you hear not a child, but a really creepy voice that says, I'm back. Aaron says that he's pretty sure that the spirit that came to them in the voice recorder is what they captured peeking through that door that I mentioned in the hallway. So I've got to mention that this whole time, up until this point, they've kept all the lights on. They haven't even officially gone into their real lockdown portion. This is all with lights on. So, Zach and the crew, they go back to the most haunted part of the building, the bunkhouse, and they bring their SLS camera. That's the one that shows the stick figures whenever there's a spirit nearby. And they just go to see what they can find. All right. So, Zach's got his SLS camera, and Aaron's down the hallway going towards the satanic ritual room. And Zach starts yelling at the spirit, attack him. He's literally antagonizing these spirits to go get Aaron. I'm like, come on. That's not very nice, but, you know. You got to do what you got to do, right? (laughs) For the evidence. For the credibility. For the answers. So then suddenly, from behind him and Billy, you hear footsteps. Can't see anything, but there are footsteps right behind them. So then Aaron takes, I think it's a paranormal puck, and he puts it up against the door that has the pentagram and the 666 written underneath it. As soon as he touches the door, the device shouts something. It's a pretty indistinguishable... EVP, but it's very startling and pretty sudden and loud. So Aaron keeps the device up against the door and he keeps asking, you know, what happened here? And it says, the box says back to him, remember. Meanwhile, Billy says that something is poking him with a stabby sensation. And then suddenly, I don't know where he's at, but Aaron freaks out and bolts out and explains that he felt something push his back and he said it felt like something went through his body and it almost pushed him over so after that whole situation settles down uh zach sends jay to be alone in the bunkhouse he asks the spirit or spirits to show themselves jay briefly goes out of frame off camera and you hear what initially sounds like a growl and then zach of course does his voiceover again and this is One of the funniest things that's ever happened on Ghost Adventures, I think. He says, (laughs) he says, was that a demonic growl or did Jay pass gas? No. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, they're in New Mexico. They probably had either some authentic Mexican food or Tex-Mex. And it could have been. But to me, yeah, it did sound a little bit like a fart. So, (laughs) yeah, that was... That was a thing. I was surprised. I appreciate his
1: sense of humor.
0: He comes off
1: as not having a sense of humor and taking everything too seriously. He really does. But then in those voiceovers <sighs> it seems like maybe that is just his persona that yeah. he has created and he knows that it's like ghost bro. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like a funny satirical thing. What if Zach Bagans' like character was like satire all along?
0: That's what I'm starting to think is that he he's a he's overly aware
1: of how he comes if off. So, and he's just that's iconic.
0: Yeah, he's just leaning in. Yeah, he's just leaning in at this point. Um, but I just thought that was funny because if either one of us farted on the podcast, we would cut that out.
1: Cut, cut. <laughs> and that's not even going to be in the cutting room floor. That's just no. going to be in the ether.
0: <laughs> Nobody has to know except. Us. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so after the farting incident, uh, they all go up to the third floor, and they stay in three separate rooms. Zach goes to room 315, Billy to 324, and Aaron goes to room 305. When Aaron gets to his room, he sets everything up. He's sitting on the bed, and he has a spirit box, and he comments that it's a quote-unquote light but creepy vibe, which to me... That's a strange way to describe something. I feel like it can creepy. either be light or creepy, not both. But I feel maybe. like
1: light but creepy equals like spooky. Because spooky. spooky is kind of like the family friendly version of scary. I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Light but creepy.
0: Make it spooky yeah. light. Anybody wants something yeah. to drink? Yeah, I'll take a spooky light, please. That's going to be the next hot beverage in America. A
1: diet creepy.
0: <laughs>
1: Stupid.
0: A diet creepy. So Aaron starts asking some questions. He says, Can you tell me who or what we've experienced so far? And the voice comes back through the spirit box, but it's a little bit garbled, kind of a distorted voice. It sounds like it's saying, Tried to scare you, kind of like a monotone creepy computer from the 1990s or whatever and it repeats itself tried to scare and then it cuts off well while this is going on both billy and zach have some pretty boring nights no major interactions in their rooms billy leaves to go to the nerve center to get more equipment since he's not having any luck and there's a funny part where well to me it's funny because zach's you know being boss bro and he's like where are you going He's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go get some more equipment. And he's kind of like, okay, like, that's an acceptable reason to leave your room.
1: <laughs> go to your oh room. My God.
0: Okay. <laughs> Love you, Zach. <laughs> so they cut back to Aaron and he grabs that device that will type out a response. And he says, who are you? And the device types back, I, him, Jay ends up leaving the room. I'm not sure if he's going to find Zach and tell him what he caught, but as he's walking out of the hallway, there is a loud thud just out of nowhere. Aaron thinks that it's a door that slammed, and so he yells to the guys, only to find out that he's alone. Nobody else is up where he's at. So Billy ends up finding his way back to the tunnels. And <laughs> as if the potential of a spiritual attack isn't bad enough, there's also Rat droppings everywhere in these tunnels. Disgusting. Zach goes back into the room where all of the children's bouncy balls are, and he has that SLS camera. When there suddenly is activity, he starts asking questions like, "You know, go play with the ball." You know, and sure enough, the stick figures they they start popping up everywhere, all over the ball. Cut back to Billy. Billy, he's going through these tunnels, and he is wading through all of the animal scat. And I don't think he hears it in real time, but his mic picks up a disembodied hello. At the end of the day, Zach, Billy, Aaron, and Jay all heard or witnessed something in addition to all the people they interviewed so I thought that was pretty spooky um, and I thought I would do a little more digging so I went on to TripAdvisor to see if I could find some reviews <laughs> of El Rancho and this user named 5take which is 5-T-A-I-K the subject line is ghosts one star reviewed November 13th 2020 <sighs> they say Everything was going good until things in my room started moving around on its own. I left my purse on the bed. I went to use the restroom and came back to my purse in front of the bathroom door. My belongings were being moved around throughout my stay, and at night it was the worst. I was so terrified, I seen an elderly man in a black suit standing at the edge of my bed. I will not return ever again. And four people liked that review. (laughs) <laughs> I just thought that uh, that was pretty interesting because it is a little bit... It kind of corroborates what that that girl Callie had seen. The shadow figure of a man and then the man leaning out of the doorway. And I don't know. It all just came together. But as for who it could have been, it could have been either of the suicide victims. It could have been either of the bellhops. Um, who knows? But I just... I don't know why. That's my one of my comfort episodes and I keep coming back to it. So I figured it's time. Let's talk about it. What season is that? So you can find this episode. I watched it on Discovery+. Plus. It is season 24, episode 2. Had a couple different sources, okay. but Ghost Adventures was my favorite. And if you want to watch it, highly recommend. I don't know why I love that episode so much. I think it's just peppered with so much evidence. I just, because there's some where you don't, see as much or hear as much but that one i feel like is yeah. pretty peppered so yeah yeah
1: well that's awesome i want to go watch that episode
0: you should i've been and like maybe... actually watching ghost adventures lately so yeah it's kind of a vibe we should honestly go sometime honestly please uh all the ghost trips.
1: i'll go that that one star review is not deterring me from going to a haunted location i want to stay the night somewhere especially like A hotel, like I don't exactly want to stay the night in like an abandoned prison or something because I'm not built for that, but like a place that already is a hotel. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Sign me up. Let's go.
0: Right. I haven't covered anything like this yet because these kinds of locations freak me out more than anything, which is why I keep gravitating to homes and hotels, but asylums and hospitals they freak me out so much. I don't know what it is, but I can't watch the insane asylums or the hospital episodes. Yeah. They freak me out so much. But eventually I'm going to have to do it. I'm just going to have to rip off the band-aid and just do it.
1: Those are really scary. I think the environment makes it like so much scarier because it's usually abandoned. So everything is like so rusty and dusty and spider webby and lots of shadows And it's Mm -hmm. grimy It just feels haunted Yeah, definitely Yeah
0: But anyways, so that's El Rancho Hotel Also known as Hotel El Rancho Um, That was my story Uh, What story had you shook this week?
1: So the story that had me shook this week Comes from my new ghost book That I mentioned earlier as my fun fact Um, The Unidentified by Colin Dickey. Pretty sure I'm Colin Dickey's number one stan. Anyways, so I found my story just the moment I opened the book. (laughs) So I just started reading it the other day. And the very first story in the book is about Mount Shasta in California. Have you ever heard of this mountain?
0: I have, but I don't know the specifics. Well... I have some of the specifics.
1: One thing about Mount Shasta is it has everything. It is North California's hottest club. It has ancient civilization, possibly underground, possibly alien civilization, possibly Bigfoot, possibly strange disappearances similar to, you know, other national parks disappearances type stuff like that it really has everything and also of course lots of Native American legends as well which I can't possibly get into every single avenue of this because it really it spans centuries the lore surrounding Mount Shasta but it really is such an interesting location and so Mount Shasta is a dormant volcano and it last erupted over 3000 years ago. So we don't think it's gonna, you know, erupt anytime soon. It seems like there's a lot of time in between its eruptions, but it's a stratovolcano. Stratovolcano just refers to like the shape of it being, Mm -hmm. having like that cone at the top kind Mm -hmm. of situation. Also just the way that, The lava cools on the inside, creates a lot of pressure so that if it were to erupt, it would be quite aggressive and also really dangerous for like everyone within 20 miles of, of the volcano. So we're hoping that it doesn't erupt anytime soon. Also, this mountain, Mount Shasta is 14,179 feet above sea level. It's like super giant And it is also known as the root chakra of earth. So apparently there are seven different chakras of earth and they are all, yeah. And they're all like earth made things, not man-made things. So you know how there's seven wonders of the world and usually those are like created things. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say there is one thing on this list of the seven chakras of earth that is not earth made. But, yeah, I'm not going to go through that list, actually. I wrote it down, but there's one in particular that I'm really confused about Mm
0: because it
1: says there's no fixed location for it. And I don't know how to explain that in an educated way. So I'm just Mm. like, let's just not. Sounds spooky. So, (laughs) So, yeah. Mount Shasta is known as the root chakra of Earth. And part of the reason why it's known as the root chakra is because of the four overlapping dormant volcanic cones.
0: Mm-hmm. inside
1: of it and that kind of relates back to the symbol for the root chakra there's uh, it's like a triangle inside of a square inside of a circle okay shape up whatever who who cares <laughs> it's believed that there are mysterious creatures living inside the mountain known as lemurians There are a lot of theories about who Lemurians are, what they look like, where they came from, Mm -hmm. what the T is. Some say that they are like an alien species. Some say that they were part of a continent that sunk to the bottom of the Pacific Mm. um, and had to re-inhabit inside of Mount Shasta. There's just no telling. There's no telling. There's, there's a lot of different descriptions as to what they look like too, but they are usually referred to as being advanced extraterrestrial beings who came to Earth on spaceships
0: mm.
1: or an ancient race from a lost continent. So they are said to live in caves underneath the mountain. Underneath the mountain, there's like this really complex tunnel system. There's also a lot of lava tunnels as well which are really interesting. No one has ever been to where they suspect that they live, but this place where they allegedly live underneath the mountain is referred to as Telos, and that means city of light. Nice. I don't know what language it means, city of light in Lemurian. I don't know. So in the town of Mount Shasta, there are crystal shops and... Lots of shops that kind of like capitalize off of the mysterious Mount Shasta shit. So they sell this crystal called a Lemurian quartz, which it looks a lot like regular clear quartz. You know how regular clear quartz has lines going upward mm-hmm. vertically? Mm-hmm. Um, those are known as striations. In the Lemurian quartz has horizontal striations, which makes it very unique for a quartz. And of course, those are like way more expensive than any of the other crystals because allegedly the Lemurians encoded their wisdom onto the quartz for us to decipher. And they allegedly stimulate clairvoyance and telepathy and can be soothing and calming and help with meditation
0: i'll take six
1: thanks um, right i'll take one i have seen lemurian quartz in crystal shops before but yeah they are always like really expensive and i'm always
0: like like in the triple digits kidding. for a small little one would it be like like a hundred bucks for a small or something
1: little um probably between like 50 and 100 yeah wow yeah it's crazy so in addition to in addition to reading in The Unidentified by Colin Dickey about Mount Shasta, so Colin Dickey went to Mount Shasta to do research for the book, and he just kind of talked to a lot of different locals, getting people's perspectives on what the folklore is. He met a guy named Dante, and Dante has claims to have had multiple experiences with seeing shit around the mountain. Dante said... I once saw a glowing spear above the mountain with light pouring out of each end. Dante also said that he went up on the mountain once and lost hours of time. He said, I was up there skiing one time and just looked up at the clouds and the next thing I knew, an hour and a half had passed by. Where did that time go? I have no idea. Speaking of clouds, another cool thing about Mount Shasta and other high altitude mountains is that they can create their own weather in a way. So Mount Shasta is known for creating lenticular clouds. Lenticular clouds have the appearance of a saucer and they literally do look like a UFO. And so this is totally like a scientific thing. But when people have seen them over the years, they have thought that something sus Mm -hmm. was going on because it looks like a flying saucer up there. And they're really cool. And in the video version, I'm going to put a picture So y'all can see what a lenticular cloud looks like because it is pretty cool. And then Colin went to the bar and talked to his bartender, Chris. And his bartender, Chris, told him about a story that he heard from a young couple who went skiing on the mountain. The woman broke her ski at one point, so they had to hike their way out through the wilderness. A man appeared, tall, blonde, blue-eyed, wearing a yellow rain slicker, and proceeded to guide them to the road. When they reached the road, they turned back to thank him, to find that he'd vanished. Only two sets of footsteps were visible in the snow. Craziest story I've ever heard, Chris says, then proceeds to tell me a crazier one. He was in town one night doing errands for his pregnant wife when he agreed to give a ride home to a tall man with a walking stick and a live raven in a box that was hung around his neck. Chris took the stranger up the side of the mountain, listening to his fascinating tales, and when they'd reached some remote distance, the stranger got out barefoot and walked into the pitch black forest. Did I give a ride to a Lemurian? Chris asks, unsure of the answer. You decide. Um, <laughs> yeah, one thing about like the appearance, the most popular appearance that people describe the Lem- Lemurians as looking like is being very tall and blonde mm. and blue-eyed. And they usually are barefoot or wearing sandals and, like, white robe or something like that. They're very, like, angelic looking.
0: It's giving Alexander uh. (laughs) Skarsgård,
1: Yes. Yes, God. (laughs) If anybody fits that description, it's him, honestly. He is tall as hell Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and angelic, as far as I'm concerned, even though he plays assholes all the time.
0: Oh, my God. I just watched... I just watched Infinity Pool recently. Have you seen it?
1: <gasps> yes. I, well, I watched it the other night, like a week or so ago, and I fell asleep during it. And then I woke up to the part where he was getting stabbed. Oh, my
0: God. The whole movie is a fever <laughs> I didn't dream. I not know what was going on. It was. What I saw was. I need Speak of the Devil to cover that stat, if they haven't already. I don't yeah. think they have.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I feel like they haven't done Infinity Pool yet, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure they will, and I, I'm going to need the tea. I'm going to need the breakdown on that, because I'm probably not going to rewatch it, because it was upsetting to me. <laughs> it was upsetting to wake up, and then all that all that shenanigans were going on, and I didn't know what was going on.
0: Yeah, like you're out of it, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, 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 whoa.
1: <laughs> it literally so was jarring. a favorite dream for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah... Um, Oh, and then other people in the town that Colin talked to said that they've seen Bigfoot up on the mountain, and it's just, what is it? And then I listened to a few different podcasts also, trying to get information everywhere I could, and one of the podcasts I listened to called The Swerve, they mentioned that shopkeepers in the town had experienced the Lemurians coming in to buy things from them, but they usually buy like sulfur and salt, very basic materials, and they pay in gold. Here's gold. So they pay way more for what they're getting. Pay by the the pound. Because it's like, yeah, it's literally, yeah. (laughs) And so maybe they come down... From the mountain when they like really really need something, and kind of try to blend in a little bit. But I feel like that guy with the raven around his neck, probably the the raven in a box around his neck, that's not trying to blend in, Hunty. No, I'll stick that's, out like a sore thumb. That's just giving like Chris Angel mind freak like, yeah. vibes. You know what I mean? Just like trying to be weird. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Nobody does that. Um, in addition to the book, I also watched an episode of Ancient Aliens from season 17, episode four, The Mystery of Mount Shasta. And that was really interesting, too. I got a little bit more information about the Native Americans that inhabited that area originally from this source. So there were tribes called Shasta, Wintu, Modoc, and Karuk. Um, There were actually a couple of other ones as well, but they inhabited the area as far back as 12 centuries ago. So they they've been out here Mm -hmm. and they definitely believe that the mountain possesses mystical powers. And they also don't go up the mountain, really like they don't go up to the peak. They say basically they say they don't go above the tree line. So once the mountain starts to get to the snowy peak, it's like Mm -hmm. we're not going up there. That's not mm-hmm. for us. They believe that that is for their creator. Some tribes referred to it as a sky god. They just believe that that's like sacred and they're not supposed to go up there and they have no business going up there. But like that you can be on the mountain, just they're not going up there. And I probably wouldn't either. Yeah. I feel like it's a little sus. <laughs> but it's funny because like the the Native American tribes believe that the peak area is is, like, the sacred area where the sky god resides, but the caves underneath are where it is said that the Lemurians occupy. And then also, in addition to the Lemurians, people have said that a reptilian race of people also occupies space in the tunnel system, somewhere down there under the cave. It's like they both kind of inhabit space down there. Okay. So in the episode of Ancient Aliens... They do have a Native American interview with a man named Jack Walking Eagle Tom, and he's a Karuk tribe elder, and he said that he witnessed once literally the mountain open up like a portal in the side of the mountain open up, and then he witnessed a flying object enter it, kind of like a UFO or something. That is Um, so cool. And then it just closed back up seamlessly like a portal would. Wow. So it wasn't so it wasn't like a door in the mountain opening. It was like literally like just this weird yeah. like a hole. So that's crazy. And also Mount Shasta is very close to what's known as Petroglyph Point. And that's the location of some of the oldest petroglyphs in North America. And the petroglyphs are basically just stone carvings made by Native Americans on rock. And these petroglyphs are located in the Lava Beds National Monument in Tula Lake, California, which is like 60 miles from the mountain. And this was created about 6,000 years ago by ancestors of the Modoc tribe. And basically, they drew they drew a little bit of everything. They drew like calendar stuff, animal stuff, like Mm -hmm. just. They they drew lots of different like regular stuff, but then they also drew their interpretation of these sky creature. It's um, so like
0: UFOs and stuff, saucers.
1: They didn't do saucers, but one of the petroglyphs depicts a large winged creature emerging from inside of Mount Shasta, and I don't know who did. De- I don't know who determined that that was Mount Shasta, but. Someone in their archaeological research of this determined that the petroglyph was referring to Mount Shasta. Mm. And it is believed to represent a sky being named Skell, who the Modoc people worship as their creator. So the different Native American tribes definitely had different names for this sky god, but it's definitely common among all of them mm. that there was a sky god. And they just all kind of, in their language, kind of had a a different name for them. But the Modoc people were the ones who actually, like, documented it Mm -hmm. in the petroglyphs. Locals believe that in ancient times, the great sky chief, Skell, came down from the sky to live in Mount Shasta and has been there ever since protecting it. So that's kind of like the Native American perspective as to, like, Mm -hmm. what is going on supernaturally at Mount Shasta, all the while... There's also the Lemurian goings on, possibly the reptilian goings on, possibly Bigfoot traipsing around in the woods. Maybe he lives down there with the Lemurians, too. Maybe that's why we don't see him much. He comes out <laughs> when he wants to. <laughs> and that's it. He's you don't see him unless he wants you to.
0: That's right. Sounds like and one big about the party. party.
1: It, it really does. It sounds like a hotbed. To me, it really sounds like Northern California's hottest club, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. Um, And over the past century, there have been over 50 reports of UFO sightings around Mount Shasta. In 2008, there were witnesses that saw a UFO that looked like a giant glowing jellyfish flying over the town. Then a group of Native American spiritual people called the Waga came to the area, and told the local Native Americans that there were giants that lived in Mount Shasta. And then Mount Shasta is also famous for Bigfoot sightings. The earliest Bigfoot sightings came from Northern California also. Hmm. My other source for this was an article I found called There's Something About Mount Shasta by Laura Kinnery for Atlas Obscura. Very cool. And, yeah... And I may just like end up reiterating some of the things I've already said. And like I said, I'm going to cobble this together because I've been like really all over the place. So sorry if I repeat something. Legend has it that deep beneath the mountain, there's a system of tunnels and a hidden city called Talos, the ancient city of light for the Lemurians, residents of the mythical lost continent of Lemuria, which was washed away by the waves of the Pacific Ocean thousands of years ago, allegedly. Mm Some say the surviving Lemurians now residing in Talos appear to be seven feet tall with long flowy hair and wearing white robes and sandals and also blonde hair and blue eyes. Mm -hmm. Some say Mount Shasta is also home for the lizard people, reptilian humanoids that also live underground. Mount Shasta is a part of the Cascade Volcanoes or the Cascade Arc. Which is a number of volcanoes that geographically create an arc formation across Western North America, from British Columbia up in Canada, all the mm-hmm. way down to California, and it goes through Washington and Oregon. It's just like this arc of mm. mountainous volcanoes, and it's also considered the Cascade Range. And also, it like overlaps with the Ring of Fire, oh. um, which is also which is also like a group of volcanoes and a Johnny Cash song. <laughs> and a Johnny Cash song, so <laughs> Oh, another weird thing is allegedly 700,000 years ago the mountain moved 15 miles outside of the arc line somehow. What? I don't know who noticed that or who determined that or who had recorded exactly where it was originally mm-hmm. in the arc line, but apparently someone someone observed that the mountain shifted. 15 miles in another direction. He said, "Look, I'm Arcane. special.
0: I'm special, and I'm going to stand out from the <laughs> crowd." Okay?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and for Native Americans in the area, Mount Shasta is a sacred place. The Modoc people believe the creator lived in the mountain, and some bring offerings when they visit. Modoc also believe Mount Shasta is home to Matakogmi, which is another word to describe keepers of the woods, and that's their version of Bigfoot.
0: Mm.
1: So yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much all I have. There's way more depths to dive um as far as Mount Shasta goes. And I honestly might like at some point revisit it in the future, like down the line. Might do a little Mount Shasta part two with some more like eyewitness accounts and things like that because it is really interesting. I, I did briefly consume some other S- sources that had a lot of information and yeah i would love i would love to go farther into that sometime let me know if you'd like to hear more about mount shasta uh
0: i definitely want more and i am hung up on one thing in particular did you say did i hear this right that one of the witnesses said they saw jellyfish looking yeah like
1: a jellyfish looking thing floating that's so
0: creepy Yeah, yeah. spooky no one's yeah, safe like, from these jellyfish. It's giving surf and turf. Well, it's not even turf because it's in the air, but you get what I mean. You're not safe anywhere. Yeah. Um, I now that I think about it, I think the reason Mount Shasta was ringing a bell for me, but I couldn't figure it out. I think I think I watched some episodes of Ancient Aliens about it. You said that was one of your sources, right? Yeah. That show is it's something else but it's it's very entertaining it's pretty good
1: yeah i i thought it was pretty good i i really thought that they got good experts and i really liked that they weren't just getting like any like armchair
0: right. conspiracy theorists like
1: so it's it's reputable so it's a good show and i had never seen an episode of ancient aliens until last night when i was watching that episode and i'm like obsessed what? now
0: what That was like my comfort show for the longest time. That is crazy.
1: It's about to be my comfort show because there's freaking like 18 or 19 seasons of that shit. I'm coming for you.
0: If you go onto Reddit, you're going to see a lot of memes of the aliens, the guy with the big hair, aliens, and people change up the text to be like your mom or whatever. (laughs) It's really (laughs) silly, but hop on Reddit and you'll see what I mean. (laughs) I will. That was Cool. I'm glad that you covered that, Santa. Another spooky, unexplained uh, kind of a cocktail party of sorts. Unexplained. Yeah. It was
1: very much a cocktail party at North California's hottest club, Mount Shasta. <laughs> um, And I want to visit Mount Shasta because, like, I also watched this other documentary last night. And it was, like, very beautifully shot. And I was like, dang, that is a beautiful mountain. I want to go over there. When we go on a California ghost trip, we should definitely stop by Mount Shasta. And we're not yeah. going to go up the peak. Because one thing about me, I'm not built for a mountainous Mm-mm. snow peak hike. Like, I'm not doing it. We're not doing Mount Everest. We're not doing any of that. Um, but I will go in where the trees are, where we're allowed to go. and yeah. just get some
0: get some vibes get the vibes man one thing about Mount Shasta and especially Mount Everest like if you go to Mount Everest you have to go in there prepared to die and I feel like that's the case with really yeah any remote mountain like hiking is so much fun but it's so dangerous so yeah. dangerous and scary it is so scary but I, I would I would so do it with you scary. we can we can uh Well, we don't even have to Be careful. I'm not even,
1: I'm not even trying to go hard in the paint. I just want to like see the mountain in real life. I do get the sense that there is some very like good energy, not bad energy. I feel like it's good energy.
0: I, I reckon that's our show. That's our show. Gotta go to work.
1: (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We love you. And, oh, my God, like, our one year is coming up also. It's pretty
0: close. It's pretty close.
1: Ah! Yeah. 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 So, you know what we want for our birthday? What? For you to join the Patreon and for you to like and subscribe on YouTube. Yeah. And a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.
0: Any of those things would be lovely. Or just uh, send us an Instagram DM and say, hey, what's up? And we'll be friends.
1: And send us your Shook stories. Um, and honestly, it doesn't have to be all of those things. I kept saying and, but it can also be or. Any of those things we would love for our one-year birthday.
0: Yay, it's and coming up.
1: Yeah, we can't wait. So
0: see you see next time. Bye. Stay Shook. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shook. New episodes of Shook drop every other Wednesday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, soon to be wherever you find your podcasts. Check out our show notes for more information on this week's episode, our social links, and more. Until next time, stay shook. Hey, do you have a personal paranormal encounter that you'd like to share with us? Visit our website, shookpodcast.com, to fill out our contact form, or you can send us an email at shookparanormalpod at gmail.com.